Hello, 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 beautiful unicorns. How are you all doing today on this magnificent Wednesday? <laughs> it's not that magnificent. <laughs> it's snowing and it's cold and it's miserable. And I all I want to do is hibernate. Mm. And everyone I talk to, that's all they want to do is hibernate. And right now, a lot of those people are also dealing with the, today's topic. And the topic is the imposter syndrome um, that we wanted to chat about how it affects you and your life and your business as well. So when we are feeling really um, feeling tired, drained, under the weather, if, when we're not feeling like 100% ourselves or at least 80% ourselves, um, we feel we were a lot more sensitive. We're a lot more sensitive and a lot of things that typically would not bother us, bothers us. And how do I put it? With <laughs> trying to formulate the words of how the imposter syndrome connects to our feelings and emotions when we are at our low and weak point. And they affect us in, in, the, in these ways. And these, are, these ways are not limited to just these ways. There's a lot, a lot of it, right? So when we're feeling drained and tired, our body and our mind really quickly go through the list of things that we know, um, how do I put it? There's a list of things that we have in our minds that tells us how we have failed, how we're not good enough. So when we're low energetically, and of course, physically and emotionally, we're low, all of that is there because energy can be seen and felt as well. We see the energy not being there and so on, it's like, oh, I'm tired. Um, so what happens is that one of those, I am not good enough, is often coming from the imposter syndrome. And the imposter syndrome is when we feel like we are, we're faking until we're making it. That's one way, you know, that phrase, fake it until you make it, um, doesn't, doesn't really work. Um, and I don't put it. My, my brain is really slow. And right now I'm the one dealing with the imposter syndrome because I feel like who the hell am I to be talking on this topic when I am still living and dealing with it from time to time, right? That is essentially what an imposter syndrome is. And that's where I feel like I've been kind of feeling stuck and not able to explain what it is and help you understand because I'm trying to find different uh, different pins on this map and connect the dots where I just need to express what it is in my own way, however I'm feeling it and speak into that feeling. So that's how it is, is when we are um, putting ourselves out there one way or another, where it's, whether it's a job or here, uh, what is that for you think? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> you brought me money earlier, put it down. It's like it's eight dollars and then he left. So now I got a chance to ask him. So um, as parents, we can also feel like we're being an imposter when we are 
um, you know, helping somebody to become a better parent, or maybe you're a coach that helps parents become a better parent, and you yourself don't believe that you are the best parent you can be. So therefore, that imposter syndrome will come up. And the reason why, there are many reasons why. I'll just give you a few reasons why. It's because it's an opportunity for you to work through it because this is what you actually want. You want to see yourself as you are the best that you can be. That's it, period, with nothing else attached to it. I am the best that I can be, period. We all want to get to that point, to that place where we see and feel ourselves there. But in order to get there, we need to stumble across each and every opportunity that is given to us to overcome it, to work through it, to grow thicker skin, to whatever the other phrase they say. So you can grow thicker skin um, and you can put yourself out there and nothing gets through, mm -hmm. right? So I know we went right into the, the topic, but then who am I to be talking on this topic? I am Yana Kasperzak, and I am a core energy performance coach, and I help mompreneurs to build an unbreakable mindset so they can build their fulfilling and profitable lifestyle business. That's who I am. And on top of it, I've gone through it. And as I said, I continue to go through it. So that way I can grow through it and, and get to that point where, um, you know, nothing shakes my mindset because this is part of the mindset as well. And if a mindset coach is telling you that their mind is perfect and nothing breaks it, believe them. But if they tell you that nothing shakes their mind, then don't believe them. Because there's a difference between unshakable mind and an unbreakable mind, right? My mind is unbreakable because I continue to go and go and go and go after what I'm going after, no matter what happens, even if it shakes me and it takes me a couple of days or a couple of weeks to get back on there, I will get back on there and I will not get you know, off this train, so to speak. So always question when people tell you things. Don't believe it to be true. I, I always say that. I know I said this with Bethany as well. So <clears throat> now, Bethany, I know you, uh, you were sharing with me how you did a little bit of research and also you've gone through your own experiences as well with the imposter syndrome, but the research helped you to to see how other people are explaining it and help you to understand it that much more deeper. So could you please share with all of us what you have stumbled upon, learned to help everyone to understand what it is, how it affects their life, business, and perhaps even what to do if you've come across that. Of course. So first of all, I'm Bethany. I am a writer, yogi, self-care and self-love practitioner. I'm a business owner. Um, I'm a healer, I'm an empath, I'm a account, accountant, bookkeeper, and consultation manager, as well as a homemaker and a teacher. Um, so with the imposter syndrome, hmm, it's really such a lovely topic, because when you dig down deep with it, 
you can uncover so much growth and so much, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, so many opportunities to access that growth. Um, so like you mentioned, I did some research because I like to come with knowledge. I don't, you know, and that knowledge helps me like, have more clarity with the, the wisdom I have in my mind. Um, so really what the imposter is, it's a fraud. You're a fraud, I'm a fraud. You're, you're not supposed to be here. Um, I, it's more of your inner critic or your gremlin that's coming up. And a big thing on it is self-doubt. You're not worthy or you're not, you know, you're not enough. Those are gonna be some big things that you tell yourself. Um, and for like what you were saying earlier, the imposter syndrome is like if you're living that fantasy world as it is right now. And then when you get the bubble popped, you're like, oh, I, I was the imposter. That's who I really was being. So it's also not having clarity on who you are, I feel like as well. Because yeah. you could be- That, that part, um, because that part we were talking about before. So I'll quickly give- um, um, a scenario uh, or an example of what we're talking about, the bubble pop. So um, I've worked with uh, a client who was who was living in a, in a nice house and um, his assumption of living in this house was that um, I'm basically, and these were the words that we use, I'm the king of the castle. I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing. I have everything going for me. I'm the best. I have all this money. I look at me. I have this big house to then find out, uh, you know, when start paying attention to the numbers behind the, the lifestyle, that the numbers weren't agreeing with what was in his mind. Right, that um, I don't want to use the word delusional image, but that was the word that he used the delusional image that I had. That, like, I thought I was this and I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, some people uh, live their life never really dealing with an imposter syndrome or really not fully knowing what it is because they've gotten so good at. Um, at, you know, how do I put it? Like dreaming, I guess, in a way, right? That visualizing, picturing things, but not actually sitting down and looking at things. So what happened was then from that point on, this imposter syndrome would come through. And now at this point, he was he's already aware of that. So his bubble was popped, like he said. So he became aware of the imposter syndrome and that now he has something to look back at and help him to understand kind of what caused it and what didn't. And I think, I feel like you guys know what I mean. That's why there's nothing else coming through. So yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that example because it's it's perfect for like what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, and so there's also that false imposter syndrome, you know, where you're not really the imposter, you just feel like you are. And that's where we're coming more at when we're talking about it. Not like you actually are the imposter, you know, and your bubbles pop and you're like, oh my God, you know, because those are those humbling experiences that help you 
bring down the ego, help you bring down your inner critic to where you are and to actually see your true light. Um, so it does help you. But the that imposter, like when you are like, let's say for for me, an example would be so when I first started doing yoga, right after I started, I was like, oh, I could teach yoga, I can lead it, I can do this, I'm good, I got this. And then when I was trying to do it, no, it was that bubble being popped. No, you need more practice. You, you could get there, but don't be full, so full of yourself. And so I learned more and I practiced more to now the point where I lead yoga every Wednesday and I'm not the imposter anymore because I've taken so many classes and I've worked on myself and had experiences with it. So in that case, my self-doubt, because there are some Wednesdays that pop up and I'm like, oh, you know, someone else could do it better. And that is my inner critic. That's the imposter being like, mm, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to lead people. And it's my self-doubt coming up. And so what I do in these situations is I reframe it because I know it's not true, but I have to work through it first, you know, ask myself some questions. Is that really true? Are you really like, are you knowledgeable? You know, getting down deep into it and then really find coming to the conclusion in my case with yoga was like now, you know, I am, I'm really great at yoga. I can lead yoga and it comes naturally. But in the past, no, it didn't come naturally. So when that, like today, I didn't really want to do it before I did it. But then I had to remind myself that I'm a magical warrior, a unicorn. I can do this. Like I have the knowledge. I know I can do this. And I reframed it to more self-love and confidence, to build up my confidence, to believing in myself and to tell myself I am enough um, and to be more open-minded instead of so close-minded and critical of myself because um, that imposter syndrome is a rough one it's definitely like and I think we all deal with it all the time like someone that says I don't deal with it I really feel like they're lying because it's something that like as much as I could say it goes away it doesn't go well, away there are but some people Right. But you, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, sure. Do you, do you think a narcissist would deal with an imposter syndrome? Like well, uh, 10 out of 10 narcissists, if you had to go far and scale from one to 10, one right. being they have a little bit of narcissist in them and then 10 being they're like totally narcissistic. Do you see them having an oh, imposter syndrome? Definitely. Everyone has it, like it, regardless of like how you are as a person, being a human being, I think it's natural for that to come out because you have your inner critic and you have your ego and those things are gonna battle against your higher self and your true self. Um, but I like, for me, it's like finding that balance with it all too, you know, balancing it all out, laying it out on the table and being like, what is the truth? What is true? You know, what is, what, yeah, so I just, um, another thing that came up for me was when you're talking about winter and you're saying like, you know, it's, it's uh, or about how it's like a magnificent day or whatever. And you're like, well, it's snowing and it's, you know, I just want to snuggle down. And I'm like, you know, I used to be there, but I actually just had this realization the other day that when I look into winter now and I see the snow, it reminds me of like enchantment, magic, 
like a wonderland um, um, beauty, you know? So like in a way, and I used to be that way when I'd see the snow, like, oh, this shit, you know? And I feel like there was a little bit of imposter syndrome there for myself only because now I see the beauty in it. And I'm like, huh, I didn't even realize like how beautiful it was and what the inspiration I could get from this season of winter instead of like living in that, like, oh man, I can't wait for it to be summer, you know? And it helps me to reframe the mind. And that goes with the imposter syndrome. When that comes up, like, I'm not good at this. Like with my yoga, I'm not, I'm not good enough. No, I am good enough. I am more than good enough. Um, and the, it comes down to that self-love too, working through the hard shit, yeah. <laughs> the hard stuff. But nobody but yeah, wants to deal with. Right, yeah. And that's pretty much all I have on it. I have some affirmations, but I can tell those later. Um, yeah, I think but, affirmations would be best to kind of yeah it off with. So that way everybody knows what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot, I used to be the same way where I used to hate winter. I used to hate the cold. And um, it, it magnified my depression. I would cover under blankets, I would wear six pairs of socks, I would complain about it. Um, so I remember myself being there very clearly. And in order for me to see the outside as the magical wonderland that it is and a blank canvas that I can run out on and I can stump all over it, or I can roll all over it. <laughs> right, I can ruin it all. <laughs> You're too beautiful nature. Let me shit on you. <laughs> um, right, so now I notice how many people mm -hmm. complain about the cold and the winter and yet don't want to move out of Canada and I had this conversation with my neighbor as well how you know everybody's complaining about it like uh, that's because they haven't gone through their growth yet to uh, appreciate what it is there is still too much sadness in there because again, what I was talking about before, when we're not at our optimal capacity, when we're feeling under the weather, when we're feeling off and we haven't had a good enough sleep or ate crappy, you know, you ate cake on the weekend and today is Monday or Tuesday and you're starting to feel the effect of that cake as well. Um, then the cold comes in and it affects and it adds more. So if you were, uh, you know, if you were feeling 20% great, now you're at 15% feeling great, which means the, you know, the 85% is you're feeling crappy. So everything else um, comes into your field that much easier. Like another crazy example that just popped into my mind is thinking, think about all the uh, movies that talk about possession. The only body that they can possess is the one that is weak, right? Mentally weak physically weak what's the, what's the point of them using that body when they're they're not gonna add too much into it right but the ones that are mentally weak they get into that body 
So thinking of that negativity, the, the sadness, the depression, winter brings that on as is. And if never, if it's never dealt with, if you allow that to take over and one winter goes and you're just, you know, coddling yourself, the second winter goes and you're still coddling yourself, you'll stay there and it'll just get worse and worse and worse. It's like, a, um, I'm, you know, I was going to use the example of snow, but snow melts dirt. You dig, dig dirt and you put up a pile, you know, you leave that, that pile of dirt on your lawn one year and then you do that another year and another year. You will have a mountain so high that you will not be able to see out of your front window of your house. So negativity is that same way. Imposter syndrome is negativity. Imposter syndrome is one of the heaviest negativity because it it attacks the very core of who you believe you are. And the reason why you feel that way is because you have not taken the time to understand who you are. And most importantly, uh, the values that you cherish. Because in there, your values are being affected. One of them is, and you're feeling that certain way. So, um, I wrote down, don't want to do it before I did it. So that, they, that's what you said when you uh, were about to go and do the live video today for yoga. You felt like, yeah, I don't want to do it before you went and did it. That is imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to do it now. Again, also depends. Let's identify why you don't want to do it. So as a coach, I would dig deeper and help you understand why were you feeling like you don't, didn't want to do it? And having had enough of these confronting conversations with people, um, it's confronting for them because they're confronting themselves and they're seeing themselves and they experience the growth and just to release afterwards. Um, it's really the release that they, they feel like they, they feel afterwards. Oh my God, I can breathe now. I why didn't I do this before? That's because you didn't know how you didn't. It's, it's really, really difficult to do it yourself. Yeah. I am a coach and I have a coach to help me with, with things like that, because I myself can only coach myself up to a certain point to then, Oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. Take it easy. Right. But when you're with a the coach, they keep you accountable. So that feeling of I don't want to do it before you go and do it is 99.9% .9 coming from the imposter syndrome, which is the gremlin, which is I am not good enough. Who the hell am I? I don't know enough. I haven't done enough. I haven't proved myself enough. I haven't educated myself enough. I, and here's the other part of this is that once you recognize um, but let's say your, your bubble was burst when Bethany will use your example with yoga. When you started doing the yoga, you're like, I can totally do this. I got this. I'm, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to be yoga instructor and I'm going to be the shit. I'm going to be the best that's out there. Okay. And then you burst your own bottle bubble by realizing no, not yet. So what happens is that 
Now you have burst the bubble. You're now aware of the imposter syndrome that you have, that you are, you know, playing the imposter. Kids play the imposter game now, <laughs> right? So once you realize that you have this imposter syndrome and you don't work through it, it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. So I will use myself as an example with that one. And I feel like that example will also go well with yours for the yoga. When I decided I was going to be a coach, I thought I'm going to be the best coach in the world and people will see it just from the second they land on my page. Okay, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or LinkedIn or whatever page, they're going to know that I'm the best coach and they will hire me. Okay, that's the delusional mind, which is normal, which is actually expected when you are superly and overly eager and excited about this new curiosity that you're about to explore. And then reality sets in, nothing happening. So then I took a course. I went through the course and as I'm going through the course, oh, I'm, I'm going to be the best coach. This is so easy. This is so awesome. I got this. Afterwards, again, crickets, nothing. And I'm like, hell guys, I thought it was the best, right? And, um, and then afterwards, I just stopped putting myself out there because I felt like a total imposter and a total fake. Was I? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I've done enough education and I've lived enough life to get to myself to that certain point. Uh, but for me, I wanted proof that I am a, a good coach. And that meant somebody needed, somebody else needed to tell me that that's what it was, which often results in people going out and getting more credentials and chasing the the titles the to add to the pedigree as I like to call it <laughs> um, which doesn't really make a person a better coach or a worse coach right they usually remain um, equally the same as they grow right so don't bring that outside outside sweetie oh, isn't piece of ice that he brought it from outside and and then what happens it what happened was then I went through a program that gave me the accreditation the certification everything and I've never dealt with the imposter syndrome I never worked through it and here's the thing the way to work through it is like I said before by it coming up and by you by me dealing with it by working through it and I will continue to say do that with a professional, whether they uh, have accreditations as a coach or not, they're still a coach. They're a few steps ahead of you, right? They know what they're talking about, even though they continue to doubt their own ability every single day, even if it's for a few minutes or a whole entire day. All of us do this to ourselves. Do you think a president doesn't doubt himself that he's the best president? Of course he does. But that's what makes him the best president in that given moment in time that he could possibly be by him becoming better and moving towards that. So how does it affect your life? It affects your life as much as you will allow it to affect your life. 
to a point where a little bit and you're able to work through it on your own or with a coach or to a big point where you end up becoming that person that I was that sat literally with my blankets like this. I'm so cold. It's because it was the, in, in a way also the fear of me not being good enough uh, to, you know, hiding hiding, mm -hmm. hiding in the house, and my pile of dirt continued to grow and grow and grow until I started taking out this shovels of dirt and looking through it and realizing a lot of that stuff that was in there was never mine, it was somebody else's. So I, I got rid of that and just dealt with things that were mine that I was ready to deal with. And the word ready is there by design and our purpose because all of us are ready at different points of our life and if you're not ready, you're not ready. Don't beat yourself up. Don't punish yourself for not being ready. Because when you are ready, you will have that moment of, I got this. I can do this. I, you know, you, you will feel great and you will feel like unstoppable. And um, that part is also normal because then after what you experience is the burst bubble. Can I really do this? Am I really ready? You start questioning yourself. And here's another thing I'll tell you right after everything I've just said. We're never actually fully ready to do anything. Never. We can get as prepared as we can to have children. But when we have children, we're still not ready. Mine are... 12 and eight years old, and I'm still not ready to have children, <laughs> right? With, with a dog, you get a puppy, you're not ready for a puppy, but then you get a dog. So you're ready for a dog when it's fully trained. Even some dogs are still not fully trained, right? So when you start driving, you have done all these tests, you have gone through the driving school, you have passed your G1, you passed your G2. That's what we have here in Canada. I don't know if it's the same in the States. And then you get your G. So G1 is really just a written test. Uh, G2 is your first driving test. Um, and then G is when you get another driving test, I think with a, on the highway or something like that. I can't, it has been too long for me to. Yeah, it's different. You get your learner's permit and then you have to drive. I don't know if it's changed since I went to driving stuff. Well, I would imagine it's the same. Yeah, you do your, you get your learner's permit and you practice driving for like six months, I believe. And then you can, if you're, if you're 18, you can get your license whenever. But if you're under 18, you got to wait at least six months and then you get your license. You do like the test okay. and then you realize. Yeah. But see, that right there. Yeah. It's a great example. When you go and you do that written test, mm -hmm. you you sign up to do the test because you're ready. When you go and do that test, you're not ready. You're not feeling ready, right? That's the thing. We're talking about the feeling that you're never going to feel like you're ready, but you are always ready. Yeah. How do I know that you're always ready? Because if you were not ready, this opportunity would not be right in front of you. That's a simple and the most truthful explanation of, you know, when are you ready? When it's in front of you, you're ready, yeah. and, right? So, and a lot of these things that we sign up for are terrifying and petrifying. And it's like, who am I? When, you, when you're bring, building a business, I'll use an example when you're building a business. 
right? You guys have to go through that as well. When you, uh, whether it's a traditional business, whether it's online business, whether whatever business you want to call it, a business is a business, right? It, all businesses contain the same kind of key components where you are the boss and you got to create everything for this business. You got to put it out there. You got to create the website. You got to create the images for it, the, the branding. You got to hire people. You got to do ads. You got to create the back end. You got to create the emails and email sequence. There's a lot to do. And I'm going to make a really big list. But for all of these things, a lot of women in startup, since this is who I work with, women in startup, they and the startup can be a really, really, really long time. I I know women who've been in startup for five years, because there's a lot of breakthroughs they have to go through. There's a lot of growth they have to go through in order for them to put the email sequences in place, in order for them to hire their first person, in order for them to put their business plan together, in order for them to create a somewhat of a vision of what their business is going to look like, so they have an idea of where they're going without having to create all of it, because again, uh, often people want to create the whole entire vision where it's really just um, a way to avoid doing the work that is necessary. So I coach around that as well. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of things to do. And we every time we go and we do something, we are facing this imposter syndrome, this gremlin's voice that says, I am not good enough who am I to be doing this? Or I am not ready. This one is huge. Or we don't even realize that all of these things that I just said and everything we talked about is attached to this, but I can't, I don't feel like it. I feel, I feel tired. I feel drained today. I don't want to do anything. I need time. I need rest. That feeling has multiple um, suctions attached to it that is sucking the energy out, imposter syndrome, the gremlin, um, the assumptions are in there because you're assuming that, you know, what you're about to do, you, you can't do. Um, there's limiting beliefs in there. There's a lot of things in there happening and it's important to work through them so you can break through them yeah. because avoiding them, all that's gonna happen is that pile of dirt is gonna continue to grow and grow. Right. And I would have to say, like, when you're working through it, and like, I like to say to myself, practice makes progress, you know, like, the more I practice working on it, the less strong the imposter syndrome is. And the quicker I am to reframe my thoughts and bring more balance to all parts of myself. Yeah, because it just, yeah, it just takes time. And like, from your standpoint, and my standpoint, it took us time to get to the point where we're at. And like when I had that earlier today with yoga, I didn't want to do it. That didn't last long at all. It was that thought went in my head, but then I was like, wait a minute, you can do this. You got this, just get on, you know? And what the reason why that I don't want to do this is because I started to change my yoga. So I have a like a Ted talk in the beginning where I talk about something and then I go into do yoga and then I go into meditation. Now that talking about stuff that I'm dealing with or I've dealt with in the past, that's where it came up because I felt like an imposter with that, but I've experienced it. So I know what I'm talking about it might be different for other people, but I, I, you know, it, 
and that's where I'm coming. I guess I didn't mention that. So me changing it up because with the yoga, like, I'm like, no, I got this. I go in. I'm, all right. We're down. But adding that new thing in like, and it came from, well, are you sure, you know, are you sure? Like, and it's like, no, I got this. Like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Cause I've worked through it. I've practiced it. And here I am today. I continue to practice and work through it because I mean, I don't think the imposter syndrome ever goes away. I think I mentioned that before, but it, like I said, it take practice it makes it less, less strong. It gets weaker. So it's not as like prevalent. It's not like that first That's thing. Suffocating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can, you can like see the light still and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go towards the light instead of staying in the dark. No, don't go towards the light. <laughs> <laughs> don't go towards the light no right yeah I gotta I love I love joking I love humor so when I have the opportunity I sit here and I'm like uh, yeah well, and laughter laughing through stuff I think is the great medicine because you can kind of like have fun with yourself like you know you make jokes and laugh with other people why can't you do that with yourself you know and yeah like mine what, as well. what if a comedian <laughs> Right. A comedian is someone who has learned to laugh at the tragedies of their own life. Yeah. That's what a comedian is. So in other words, hi, I'm Yana and I'm a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, and, and I, I used to say this all the time to, to people until they're like, I could see and I could feel <laughs> they don't like it. Something happens. And one of the things that we want to do is we want to uh, feel really, really sad and feel crappy about it. And which is important. But the quicker you are able to move past it, move past the sadness and move into the humor and find some humor in the situation. Because if you don't, a comedian in your life will find that humor in your life and they will use that in their on their stage for their stand-up and that will be taken away from you because your experience will be used for them to make money why can't you do that so without having to make money but and in the end by you raising your energy and uh, eliminating as much as catabolic energy as you can you will increase your own value and your income if you don't believe me, watch and see what happens when you do that, okay? Working with me helps as well. Just putting it out there. <laughs> um, but what happens is by you, like Bethany was saying, by you working on yourself, you're, you're going to become better. And the, the goal of life is not to live a perfect life because that doesn't exist. There is no perfect life. I have yet to find anyone who says that they have a perfect life, even those that put their life out there on social media and it looks perfect for everyone, they're not living a perfect life because they're still dealing with things all the time, okay? So take that out of your dream board, please. Take that off your vision board or dream board. I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm saying it to be realistic and not saying it to burst your bubble, but there's a better way of achieving that same thing and that is being in the moment and loving everything that you are and everything that you do and finding the value 
in yourself and in your life and laughing at things that, you know, the shitty things that happen, not right away, of course, right? You lose someone you care about. The worst thing you can do is laugh at a funeral. But then again, even if someone laughs at a funeral, at that point, if they're laughing, it will be hysterical laughing. And I know that if that happens, stay close. Stay close because they are about to combust and there's going to be a lot of tears coming through Mm. because that laughter is that build up to the, like I'm about to like, because I know what happens, right? So after you have cried and after you are able to look back and able to laugh at the situation, that is when you laugh about a situation. Of course, some situations are not laughable I would never laugh at the loss of my twins, but certain things that are attached and that have, you know, kind of caused it and certain people and things I can, but not about the actual situation itself, because it's, to me, that's not something that even as a comedian that I am, that I can, you know, come on the stage and laugh about because it's not laughable. Right. But a lot of the things when we are imposter syndrome, when we are, so for example, today you were talking about how you didn't want to go on because of, you know, the first part. Uh, for me, I didn't want to come on and, and do this because I, want, I was tired. My brain wasn't, you know, just feeling groggy and feeling the effects of having done too much. Um, over the weekend and on Monday and last week and with the weather and having shoveled the snow, even though we have a snowblower, but I'm like, nope, we're going to get <laughs> exercise and we're going to shovel. So kids, pick up your shovels. Mommy and you or you and mommy are going to go and shovel. Well, my husband was at work. So feeling all of that and the feeling like, oh, I'm too tired. Um, I can't, I, I started to feel like an imposter because who am I when I'm not feeling so much doubt? Another way to describe the imposter syndrome and the gremlin, there's a lot of doubt, so much doubt in myself and my abilities and my choices that I make the right decision. Do I do this? Am I doing this too early? Am I, a lot of things, right? Questioning things. So am I going to be fully present? So in the beginning, you guys all saw and felt probably that I wasn't fully there. So I couldn't find the words to describe it. And the moment I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to speak and I'm going to say how it is and what I'm feeling. I'm going to speak into the feeling and about the feeling instead of about the thing, right? Instead of trying to focus on the words that, that are in my mind that I have collected over the years that weren't word connecting for me today because I'm not I'm operating at 20 percent 80 percent is the drainage right so that's why what, what's a better time for me to talk about a topic that I'm actually going through and experiencing through there is no other time yeah and well and that's what I love about being able to talk about our path our experiences because we're witnessing it firsthand and so then like the, the imposter isn't there because you're dealing with it, you're working through it. 
you know, you're like, it would be like, if we were to talk about this and we've never done any work with it and we're just like, oh yeah, this is what you do. Mm, yeah. And I, I can do it and you can do it, you know, <laughs> but like not being like, okay, well, here's a situation that I dealt with it. Like we both explained. And then, so other people can be like, can, I guess, uh, feel more um, connected to it. Cause it's like, oh, wow. You know, these are people that I look up to that I are inspired by and they still deal with this kind of stuff. It's more personable. I feel like, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, it's more authentic cause we're, we're being our authentic self unapologetically, just being us. And then the other question is like, how much of what I say can you, Bethany, um, apply into your own life and see how you are similar or the same feelings, experiences? Oh, all of it. I think all of it, everything. There's, and there's sometimes like, that's sometimes why I like to uh, replay things because I pick up on different things, different times of listening to it or rereading something because you'll pick up on something that you didn't really see before. Um, so I, I, yeah, I feel like all of our experiences, we can help teach someone and we can be a student of other people's experiences because they went through it. You don't, you don't have to go through it to learn really, if you can see how it affected someone. Um, and so I try to, that's something I do is try to learn from everything. So like when we do our, our weekly talks and our podcasts I take notes and then I look into like okay well where where can I benefit from this kind of stuff where can I work through it and a lot of the times I well, not a lot of times every time I get insight on how to be the best version of myself for that day you are an ideal <laughs> client to every coach Right. <laughs> I and I can say that because I've worked with enough people to see what and understand what an ideal client is because I've worked with with one. Um and those that the best way to describe it is that they are there just to vent and get things off the chest. Therapists are um are better equipped with with that because coaches we want to move past it and sorry coaches want to coaches purpose is to help you to move past it not to stay stuck um we're here to help you come up with a solution without having to continuously focus and think and talk about the problem it's important it's necessary but it's not the whole entire coaching session so after the session there's homework there's usually always homework and when I say homework I don't mean that you're going to be writing paragraphs and you're going to be recording like videos I don't mean that homework can be like what Bethany was just talking about doing looking over the notes and by simply just identifying the opportunities for growth without taking the next steps of what am I going to do and how am I going to implement this into my life to actually gain from this awareness now and do the growing by simply just identifying. You are already taking a step towards doing the work. Even if you don't look at it and you flip it and you forget about it, it's going to come back if it's meant to. Or when you are ready, whether you feel like you are ready or not. Yeah, because some things hit you and you're not ready for them. You don't feel like you're ready, like you said, but you really are ready. Yeah. Because 
I, he, yeah. There's a cartoon I watched with the kids called Onward. Oh, I love that one. Oh, I know. I watched it, I think, five times. And um, I typically don't watch cartoons that many times unless it's like a Lion King. And I watched it five times over my lifetime, not five times over like six months period or whenever it came out. But I remember the moment that his, um, those of you that haven't watched it, spoiler alert, but also at the same time, it's a great spoiler alert. So you can actually go and watch it. And to me, there was a lot of, as a coach, and as a human being who is still growing, I learned so much from that cartoon. Like, yes, kudos to whoever created it. Anyways, so when this young brother had to drive because his older brother got shrunk and he can no longer drive, um, he said that, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And his brother screams, you will never be ready. And I was like, yes, now there is a beautiful image from a movie cartoon that I can use an example that helps to illustrate to everyone what I've been saying to myself and outwardly for, for with two people, four people that we are never ready because we never feel ready we were we will never feel motivated to do something we will never feel inspired to do something and continue to feel that way we might feel that in the beginning we feel ready in the beginning but that's all we need is just that moment of the you know the star twinkle it says you're ready and you feel ready to actually take the next step and do it and you will still not feel ready as you go through it, as you grow through it, until you come out on the other side and you're done for some of the things you might never be done, depending on what it is that you're doing. But you can then look back and see that you didn't feel like you were ready. You did it, survived it. Because really that's what the brain is telling us why we like, no, 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 breaks, 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 because I'm gonna die. Um, but you survived it and now you're better for it. Now you can look back and you can reflect and you can appreciate the things you have gone through. So laughter and laughing at things, same way. You got to grow through it and at a, enough to look back and appreciate it. And only once you appreciate it is when you can laugh at it. So those comedians, they don't laugh at their pain um, that they have not yet worked through or dealt with or healed. Because that can have a more, like that can have a, <clears throat> a worse effect on them. Right. Right. Um, so, yes, we have went past our time. Yeah, this is another passionate topic. You know, it's a good one. It's definitely a good one that we continue to work through. Um, but I'm glad we talked about it because, like, when we talked about last week with the perfectionism, well, this really goes with it too. Because when you're as a perfectionist, or when you have when the per perfectionism is having no flaws or faults, an imposter, you see that and you're like, well, I want to be that perfect image. 
but it's not possible for us to not have any faults or flaws because that's what makes us us, makes us our authentic self. And those experiences that we look through and, and work through and now can appreciate just make us stronger to visualize that golden nugget and to make everything seem possible. And, you know, and then you're like, oh, wow, look at, look at me, look at me go. That's right. And you be proud of yourself and the confidence comes. And I think that really comes down to like confidence too. Um, when that, that self-doubt's hitting, your confidence isn't there. And when you realize how much confidence you do have, imposter syndrome isn't as strong anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. And I, I love how you connected the dots and help everyone, at least me, to see how... Um, everything is connected and what I heard the most is accepting yourself as you are without trying to be perfect because each and every one of us has flaws which are not flaws they're just what makes us unique and what makes us different and often those flaws is what shakes our confidence or breaks our confidence and those of you that are in startup building a business or I mean if you if you just give birth to kids that's a startup you're about to build a business <laughs> that's an Definitely. enterprise right there right you have yeah. you know what I'm talking about those mamas out there you know what I'm talking about that's a business you got to learn how to manage that business first because if you don't know how to manage that the household enterprise this is the gremlin's voice how can you manage and create your own business right that's the imposter syndrome right there as well if you can't do this how can you do this easy because they're not exactly the same all right right it's a different type of a business entirely but in a way it can be put under the the umbrella of building a business depending on what kind of a parent you want to be because some parents to them it's a business they have schedules they have routines they have this and that structure very structural right so then that becomes more of a business so we um when we focus on our flaws our confidence shatters and we are less likely to put ourselves out there oh yeah 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 so how about those affirmations to oh, yeah. wrap everything up? Yeah, so instead of a poem, we're just going to do affirmations today. I figure that these will be really great to add to it. So I have, I don't remember how many I wrote down, but I have quite a few. Um, so here we go. I, oh geez, maybe I should have wrote bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm prepared to tackle any obstacle that comes my way. I am strong and capable person. I've got this. I trust myself to make good decisions. My opinion holds weight and has value to others. And I belong here. I like the last one. I belong here because a lot of us feel like we don't belong. This is yeah. also a huge part of the spiritual awakening when we start to feel like I don't belong here. What planet am I on? How did I land here? How do I fit in? 
do I want to fit in? <laughs> right? That's the bigger question. Do you want to fit in? Because the answer is no. Then why are you trying to? We're not meant to fit in. I don't know if anybody told you that before, but we are not meant to fit in. We are meant to stand out. We are meant to be different. We're meant to be a unicorn. Hence, Empathy Unicorn Academy, because we're meant to be a unicorn. We're meant to be unique. We're meant to be one of a kind. We're meant to love our flaws and our imperfections. We're meant to do that. Yeah, we're meant to, and we deserve it because that's yeah. yeah. It's in our it's our birthright. Yeah, and somebody uh, unfortunately did tell us, which is you know uh, that nope, don't um, started pointing out our flaws and talking about them negatively, um, and without going into more of a discussion and a topic. <laughs> this can go, yeah. Yeah, this can, this can be in the next topic. And that is, um, how do I put it? It's like brainwashing. The way the brainwashing works is that you break down the person. And back in the day, this is what was done to a lot of people. Uh, where people were very confident, they were strong, they knew themselves, they knew what they were doing, they knew everything. And, um, and then this experiment, you know, came about that they didn't know that they were part of, of, let's break the system down. Let's tell them how shitty they are, how horrible they are in all the different ways and places and things. So the human started questioning themselves and they became the imposter. Mm -hmm. so yeah right and, and some of those things are them ref like reflecting their their shit on you too so it might not always be you so I feel like it's good to question anything any criticism you get from someone to see if it's like the the truth is this true or is it that person putting their insecurities on me because they want they don't they see how you know, confident I'm being, and they want to bring me down. And that's something I've dealt with too. And I, yeah. I know you have too. And it's something yeah. we all deal with. Yeah. Oh, I agree. All of us have dealt with that where we, you know, we felt like we were crushed in the way. So our energy goes down. So we are forced to match the other person at that energy level. Right. And it doesn't feel good. So the question with that situation is, is this the right person for you? Yeah. Exactly. Right. And if the answer is no, get out. If the answer is yes, then why? Right? Um, dig deeper to see if you know if it's really true. And the same thing with the no, you can also dig deeper and see how true is that really. Because sometimes we can say no, this person is not right for me. I don't want to deal with them because they make me feel um, like I'm not good enough because they are too many steps ahead of where you are and you don't feel good being surrounded by people who are better than you. So then the real question is, or more, this is not really gonna be a question, this is gonna be more of a reminder of, who do you want to be? If you want to be more like that person, then that's the right person to surround yourself with. But if you don't, then, Stay around with people who are in a way smaller than you. They make you feel good about yourself so that way you don't have to grow. And most people are here 
where they surround themselves with people that make them feel good about themselves, that reaffirm that they're good, that they don't need to grow anymore, and um, and they stay there. And then if those bark or complain, they replace them with somebody else that's new, a new little chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, and it's just keeping you stagnant because, and really like when you surround yourself with people like that, you're gonna become more like that because that's who you're surrounded by. But if you think big, surround yourself with people that, you know, are better than you. If you, I do that because I mean, we all ever no, but nobody's better or worse right you know i yeah. guess that have had more like experiences more growth than surround the surround yourself with those people and then you will see yourself be elevated to that point yeah now yeah exactly and that takes practice as well because the first time you spend time with someone who's better than you and you know it and you feel it but you feel it yourself right because you your own things will come up for you. You start to question yourself. You really, what you're doing is you're comparing yourself to them. But once you let go of that comparison, you just accept them and look at them as a teacher, as a professor, even though you, let's say you grew up together because this happens uh, as well. You grew up together and then now your friend is, you know, up in the rankings and you haven't even started the rankings type of a thing, right? So by you just letting, letting go of things and also letting go is, is a process. It doesn't just happen. Just because you decided to let go, you decided to forgive someone, it's not going to happen like this. You got to do it enough times until it just, it's gone. Okay. So this is no different. When you spend time with people that are better than you, you will learn to uh, look up to them without looking up, yeah. right? They will be on the same level as you. Um, you just, like a, like a child, a child doesn't look up at a teacher and compare themselves to the teacher, right? So kind of the same feelings and emotions that we want to embody when we are in those situations. And, and then work on those thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So that is all for today. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Bethany. Thank you everybody for listening and staying with us this whole entire time, hopefully. Um, if you like what you see, what you hear, more like what you hear than what you see, because we're not. <laughs> Anyways, um, or if you like the lights, maybe that's what you want to watch. Who knows? Um, I have a lot of comments on these lights. So if you want to know where I got them from, this is the, the very big uh, question that I get asked. Costco. I got them at Costco. It's um, like a, the rain thing. It was a, a picture of a bedroom and this was a, the backdrop of the bed. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's that's where I got it from. So hopefully that answers all the, those questions. But if you, you like what you hear and you find this beneficial and helpful to you or somebody that you know, share it with them. Let them know. And next week we will talk more about uh, what we started talking about. Um, not sure how to phrase it yet. Still come to it. We'll have it. Maybe we'll we'll talk about the art of letting go and healing. Yeah. The art of letting go and forgiving. Yeah. Because this is something that a lot of people struggle with, um, of letting go 
and forgiving. That one is huge. Uh, to me, it speaks of a very strong level two energy, which is anger, resentment, fighter, um, which is not a bad thing. So one thing I also mentioned, the energy levels, because there's seven of them, there are neither good or bad levels, and they don't go there, uh, they don't go in order, they're all over the place. So don't judge yourself if that's where you are, because you are here because you need to be here, because you're ready to work through whatever is coming your way. And if you don't like it, change it. Right. I, I shared this quote um, the other day, and it's saying, I'm not here to compare, or I'm not here. Um, now it's not coming to me <laughs> jeez <laughs> um but i am not here to be a comparison i am here to show you the proof and that's where it is like oh i'm not here for a competition i'm not here as your competitor i'm here to show you the proof and what's possible and that's what we're here for is show you the possibilities reach for the stars <laughs> but thank you like the another quote is life is um nobody wins at life life yeah. it can neither be uh played nor won just lived and enjoyed and experienced exactly so that's it enjoy your yeah. life as we enjoy ours even though there are some sucky moments we all have them it's absolutely normal it's a human experience it's a human journey um, if you don't like it next lifetime, choose to be a different animal, different creature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Right. I, for once, for one, would say I would come back as a human again. So I can experience a different life. But I'm not going to be deciding on what that is because that's going to be for the afterlife. Right. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love coming here every week and just talking about our experiences. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So sending you all love. I love to you, okay. Bethany, and to all of you guys listening and watching. And until next week at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time in Empath Unicorn Academy Facebook group live. There. <laughs> 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 Until next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bethany. Have a good day. Bye.